everyone, and welcome to another Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. On this week's episode, I welcome in Joe Burrell, who is the founder and CEO of Just Website Brokerage. And he's been buying and selling website businesses since 2012. He is a Flippa.com most successful broker in 2020 and 2021, having sold more than $2 million on their platform. And you can find all information about Joe and his business at JustWebsiteBrokerage.com. I hope you all enjoy this conversation with Joe. So without further ado, please welcome in Joe Burrell. Joe, welcome. Glad to have you on the podcast. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to chat with you. You know, the as I say a lot in this thing, I mean, it's so fun to like talk with so many different people with so many different backgrounds. And, and I thought yours was really unique because I'm I'm always curious to learn more about just, you know, arbitrage in general. I was looking at some stuff with like Airbnb stuff and, you know, with housing and stuff. So what you're doing with the websites is really interesting. And I want to get into that. Um, as we go down the line. So that's one of the reasons I want to talk with you, because I think it could be helpful just in general business sense, how folks can think about building a business, uh, but also we'll get into some specifics. I wanted to start though, because, you know, being the Just Get Started podcast, it's always interesting where, you know, people divert their paths. I'm assuming when you were like 15, you wouldn't expect to be doing what you're doing today at all, right? So Not at all. can you share a little bit, you know, kind of some of the getting started, whether there's one moment, maybe there's a couple you'd share of how you got onto this path that, that sort of put you on, you know, what you're doing today? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, there really was only one real clear moment um, and it was through actually a game called Cashflow. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki's Cashflow. Have okay. you heard of? It's it's basically a board game that teaches very very basic fundamentals of um, uh, investing. And uh, I think I was maybe uh, I was early twenties, uh, somewhere around there. And our my older brother gave us a gave us this game for Christmas one year, and we got really into it. And it taught us, like I said, the basics of investing. Um, I um, essentially had a um, uh, uh, lump sum of money that I had saved up and I wanted to figure out how to invest it. So for me, it was sort of just having this catalyst. Um, it's like, oh, wow, okay, you can do this. I, I'd never heard of, I never really considered about putting my money to work and those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. So that game basically was the catalyst to start me on my, uh, my, my path to investing. Um, and what, uh, what age were you just to, I want to get uh, some context. I'm pretty sure I was like 20, maybe 21, okay. Okay. something like that. So really around that really same close. age, I think a lot of us, same with me was like, I never like was taught any financial literacy growing up. I didn't know anything besides, oh, just put on a credit card and pay it off. Like th those type of things, like, oh, that's not maybe the best path. So <laughs> that's interesting. So the cash flow obviously, and that's, and um, that's the, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he was my my venture into it. But I mean, eventually he was um, just like the starting point. I, I then met met my mentors, um, Matt and Liz Rod, who live in Australia and, and basically have a higher mentoring course. I did a course with them and um, they taught me how to buy and sell websites for a living, essentially. Mm. That was in 2012. So that was 10 years ago. I would have been 22 when I started that. And that was that. So when you were thinking of investing your dollars, 
that yeah. was the path you weren't, you didn't think about, well, let me put it into a stock market or put it in like that. No, I didn't. Um, I mean, I did obviously considered that in real estate and other things, but we, we went to a couple of like workshops and stuff like that. And um, I, I came across them and they were doing something that was different that definitely resonated with me. I was, I've always been kind of tech savvy and it was something that just, it made sense to me. Um, and they seemed like really genuine, nice people, which I'm still like really good friends with them now and, um, and everything. So it, it obviously really worked out for me. Well, yeah. What was your best? So like if, if we went like the day before you played that cash game, as an example, what were you going to do with your life? What was the path? What, what did you, what was exciting to you at that time? Was there anything you, you had a passion for? So all through growing up school, I, I never really had anything. I think if you were to ask me, I would have said, oh, maybe a graphic designer. You know, um, I did a diploma in multimedia design straight out of high school, um, which is, was very, very outdated even back then. Um, like we were learning how to do flash and stuff like that. Yeah. So it was, it was not you know, very productive for me, but it gave me this mentality of being, you know, uh, a bit more into the whole tech tech scene. And um, I think that that was what it was mostly. So when you get into then, so again, having some of that maybe tech background, but not knowing really what you want to do when you, get, when you work with these folks and you kind of say buying and selling website, was your first thought like, wait, I can buy and sell website? Like, what was the first instinct there? Because I got to imagine that's, that's got to be what you're thinking. It's like, wait a minute, I didn't know this was even possible. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, at first, um, I, I knew that it was possible to do this. My older brother had done a little bit um, himself, but I, I didn't know much about it. I just knew about it. Um, so, but I didn't know that there was a, 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 like, it was as big as it was, obviously. Um but I mean, it's a very attractive business model. You get to work from home. You can set your own hours. You can, the, the sky's basically the limit. You can make as much money as you, you know, can dream of online. Pretty with, with following some fairly basic steps. Um, and of course, Matt and Liz are extremely good at selling the course. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not all um, as easy as they always make it out to be. <laughs> there was definitely challenges and a lot of failures along the way. Um, but, you know, um, I think that in the end, um, uh, the, it, it all worked out, you know, mm. what um, was the first, uh, what was the first site that you bought? That's actually a really common question. Uh, it was really not much worth noting. I think it was like $700 USD. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it really wasn't, uh, I don't think I even made much of a profit from it. Um, it was mostly a learning experience, um, but as it, it, it did serve to educate me and give me that experience that I needed in order to basically move on to the next step. Um, and I should probably mention that today I, uh, I've actually all but wound up my own portfolio. I don't really manage a portfolio of businesses myself anymore, mm. um, around the seven year mark. So I'd done this for seven years or so I pivoted towards, um, becoming a, um, a broker. So I'm the one that actually brokers other businesses for, for my clients. So my clients come to me with these online businesses and I help them sell them. Um, so that's, that's actually where, um, yeah, the, the transition from going 
to portfolio manager for seven years to being a broker seems like a really natural one. And it was for the most part, but it was very um, uh, turbulent time for me because it was, it, the portfolio stuff was kind of working, but I wanted, it wasn't working as well as you would hope after seven years, you know? Yeah. Um, and so making the decision to switch to be a broker was quite a challenging one. And it was one that took a lot of deliberation and a lot of um, convincing, not just from myself, but external sources as well. So, well, so I have a lot of questions with this because I'm, I'm again, it's really interesting to me. Um, so I'm curious. So let me just ask a few questions. I have to imagine folks listening in maybe be thinking similar. So first is, and we'll get into the kind of the, the brokering side of it, but like when you bought that first site or maybe the first few, were you, was there no brokers at that time? Like, were you reaching out to, would you see a site and then reach out to them? Like, how, how would you, how would you facilitate like the, yeah. the buying of the site initially? All right. So there is a platform that we, that I pretty much used almost exclusively since I started called flipper.com with an A. Um, and they, they're basically a marketplace. So the easiest way to describe it is essentially the uh, eBay for online businesses. Um, you can right now, if you had a business, go on there, list it yourself and find a buyer yourself. You don't need a broker to do that even today. Um, however, it is, um, as you can imagine, pretty complicated. There's a lot of moving parts to each different business. And obviously all online businesses are a bit different. Mm -hmm. So, um, having a broker will basically help support along the way, not just help you to find a buyer, but, you know, put the information in a way that a buyer will be able to read it and go, Oh, okay. This is a good investment. Oh, this isn't something that I want, etc. Do they, so do you buy this, like the business outright? Is it just so everything from the domain name to if they sell products, if they would, it's basically you're buying the, 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 it's someone that says, God, I built this up. I don't really want to deal with it anymore let me just see if I can get, you know, some money from it. Like, how does, how does that work? Yeah. So usually most of the time it's an asset sale. So it's considered, you know, if you, if you create a company to run the business, usually we'll just sell the asset, which is the domain name, the products, the whatever it is that's attached mm -hmm. to the business. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, uh, sort of depends a little bit on what you're looking for and the lifestyle. So most people buy these businesses for lifestyle, like passive income, um, that, that just sort of sit in the background and sort of earn money. None of these businesses are 100% passive. You do need to, most of them, you do need to put a bit of work into though. So um, it, it does, there, there is a certain level cap that you, like a knowledge level that you need to at least be um, around, uh, which is why it's a good idea to, to start just by maybe buying something small or building a website yourself first and just, figuring out how the nuts and bolts go together. <laughs> well, so if there's someone, so I'm assuming, I mean, we can make assumptions. Someone wants to sell their business because a variety of reasons. They just don't want to deal with it anymore, whatever. But when someone's buying it, is is the thought to your point that, hey, I'm going to buy this for X, you know, you bought that first one for 700, is that you're going to keep it for a while, again, have that passive income? Or was the goal for you and maybe it's been different depending on the business to build it up to a certain point to resell it. So there's there's multiple different strategies. One is is to do what you said, which is the buy and hold, um, basically a long-term hold. Um, I would consider this sort of like the five-year approach. So you buy a business with the intention of holding it for at least five years. Every business ha does have a lifespan. Like, you know, you think back 20 years ago, 10 years ago even, 
Um, there are businesses there that, you know, haven't lasted. Like before Google, there was AltaVista. You know, there's always right. something that changes. So most businesses online will have some sort of lifespan. Um, the other option, if you don't want to hold for too long, is the flipping, which is why it's called flipper.com. Mm. So um, that's what was really common back then is you would buy a business, make some changes, update it, increase the profits, et cetera, and then resell. That's what I did. That was what I specialized in when I was managing my own portfolios. Um, and the other option is to build. So build them from scratch with zero, you know, you buy a domain name or a drop domain name or something, and then you build it up from scratch. And then when it's earning amount of, a certain amount of profit, you then go to sell and then you repeat the process. So those are a few strategies. There's others, um, but, but those are the sort of the main three that you would probably consider um, coming in new. What would, I guess that there's benefits to all of them, I'm assuming, right? But mm -hmm. it seems like, and tell me where, where I'm wrong, is why would you, I guess, like almost like flipping a house, is it just to not have that, um, that website on the portfolio anymore to say, again, we'll make up random numbers. Hey, I bought it for a thousand. I'm selling it for 10. I don't want to keep that on there because as, as we know, something can happen to that. I'm using the house example, but like, yeah, if you flip a house, right. If something could happen, but Hey, let's, let's get the value out of it. And now I have that cash to buy additional yep. things. Right. Exactly. That's, that's the common reason. That's what it was for me. So, I mean, I came in with a limited amount of capital and the way that I grew my portfolio was by buying, building or making the bigger selling using the capital that I made from the sale and then rolling it into bigger businesses. Um, so that, that was, that's the most common way or the reason, but there are hundreds of reasons why someone would want to sell a business. You know, a lot of, a lot of buyers will come to me and say, well, why is the seller selling this great business? Like it's obviously doing really well. It's, you know, yeah. uptrending it's blah, blah, blah. There's obviously lots of reasons why a buyer would want it. Why is the seller selling? And it could be they need money for another business venture that they want to try or that they're, they're already working on. It could be that they want it for real estate. I've even sold businesses for people who want to buy a bricks and mortar business. So go offline and buy like a store or something. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's, there's hundreds of reasons. And I, you know, in each listing, you'll usually see the reason. Um, yeah. So yeah, it just depends on the client. <laughs> How does, um, well, it, you know, cause I always, I'm, I'm trying to think back. It's actually crazy. Like just the internet, how it is. Um, like I remember having my first website, it was 2007. It was built in Flash uh, for when I when I was teaching golf for a living. I, was, I had a I had a web uh, you know instruction website. So, um, anyways, I'm thinking back of that time and obviously how the internet's changed and, and what have you. But what are so if someone's looking for a site, well, let's say they're looking to buy a business, right? As you're saying, hey, they're buying the domain. It's more that the asset purchase. What are some keys they should be looking for? Is it number of visitors? Is it is it revenue? And sometimes, you know, just like buying a house again, Hey, which inspector actually inspected this? Did they cut corners? Did they would like, how do you tell that the information is actually legit? Yeah. Okay. This is, this is a really tricky top topic. You're, you're talking about due diligence here. And this is yeah. like massive, you know, like I can't cover everything, but I can cover the basics. So yeah. there's traffic. Um, traffic is the, the amount of visitors that the site's getting. Um, you know, uh, demographics, where they're coming from, uh, the sources. So it could be organic search, or it could be paid traffic. Um, so there's lots to look around for that. Um, there's the profit. Um, this is usually number one. So you need to make sure that the, the business that you're looking at buying has um, verified profits. 
which means they've either been vetted by a broker like me, or they have um, uh, screenshots, usually both. So I'll usually attach screenshots to, to verify the income that the business has been making. Um, and, you know, you check profit and loss statement to, you know, they're usually done monthly. So you can see how much money it's made each month for the past 12-ish months. Um, and then there are lots of other metrics like, you know, your, well, depends on depends on the business model a little bit. So, I mean, we can use a content site as an example. Okay. You want to, uh, most content sites are going to be getting traffic from SEO. So you'd want to check some SEO metrics um, and, you know, those sorts of things. Um, a lot of it's sort of common sense. And when, I mean, it's common sense to me, but for someone who's just new to it, yeah. I think there are a lot of things. You can buy due diligence reports from like Flipper actually now has their own due diligence service. Um, and there's lots of others out there that will do that. They, you know, they're usually not worth it for businesses in the, you know, five figure range. You need to be a bit, big, a bit bigger for, for them to be sort of worth it. Um, but I mean, just, just going through, which is sort of why it's really important to start small because there's going to be mistakes that you make. Even yeah. if you do go through a broker, you're probably going to, yeah. make something <laughs> so well and, and so you had mentioned you know transitioning from your portfolio business to the broker side of it what was the was there one determining factor like that you decided to say god i really want to go on this side of it was it just you didn't want to deal with all this side i, I don't know you know i'm always curious of, because that yeah. seems like a big transition it was, it was, um, well, so, I mean, I, I did build up a lot of history from selling in the past, so it wasn't that big a transition, but it would, it required me to move away from what I was already doing. Um, it's funny because my first, my first uh, broker client was terrible. I did not have a good experience with them, with them at all. And so uh, I only dipped my toe in the water and Flipper sent me a lead and I tried it out just to see how it worked. Um, and yeah, I can, we can go into the details about what happened there if you want, but I mean, the bottom line is um, it didn't sell and the seller wanted far too much for it. And we just, um, and yeah, it was just a, not a nice experience. And I ended up taking a break for a while. Um, and um, actually what ended up happening was my Google AdSense account got banned from my portfolio. So um there were other options and we did, we did fix it, but it was sort of this, it's sort of like the straw that broke the camel's back. We didn't, uh, it was, it was just like, man, this, there are so many external factors when you're running a business, an online business. Um, you know, there's, if you're relying on SEO, Google may change their algorithm and you, you might get bumped down the rankings, less traffic. Mm -hmm. um, you might, um, but for me in this case, uh, my AdSense account was banned and it was just like, oh man, all right. Well, I had to figure out other options and I figured it out, but then it was just sort of like, oh, what are our other options? Can I, maybe, maybe I should take another look at this brokering. Um, and then um, uh, uh, my, my first successful client was actually someone who I bought a business off myself in the past. Um, so it was a super easy simple transition into it he just asked me are you selling it now and I'm like yeah I kind of am <laughs> so I gave it a go and it worked really well and I just sort of it just took off a life it took on a life it's of its own after that <laughs> wait he bought the business back from you no 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 oh. so um it was it was uh he was a, a builder sell oh, so okay. he would build them up and then sell so okay. I bought some from him in the past that um he sold me 
Okay. And I, I was operating it. Um, uh, but yeah, he, he wanted to sell another one. So instead of, he came to me asking if I wanted to buy it and I'm like, Oh, I don't want to buy it. Maybe I can sell it for you instead. <laughs> so that's what I did. <laughs> yeah, some of the ways that's the easiest way to get into it, right? Is you have that trust already, you've built that relationship. And now it's like, hey, I know the business pretty well. Yeah, let me help you. And then ultimately that it seemed like that experience went well. So it yeah. allowed it to trickle down from there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what's the and, and I'm more thinking this again, you know, folks that are because that's like, that seems like a tough decision on a path. And I don't know if there's any advice you'd share here, but you know, if someone else either is starting a business or is transitioning in their business, because, because I could foresee, you know, we, you know, many years ago when you made this transition, right. We could have been sitting, having a coffee and you could have been like, well, I, or I could hire staff and I could buy 50 more. So like you could have went double down on the portfolio, right? So what was the, from a transition standpoint, how challenging was that? Um, and again, any advice maybe you'd share about making a transition like that from what you had been doing for many years successfully? Well, I mean, I, I personally had always been pretty good at selling, like where we made most of the profit in the portfolio is when we sold the businesses. Mm. Um, and so it was clear, it was clear that it was already a skill of mine, which is why brokering was actually even on the plate in the first place. Um, but I mean, in terms of advice for other people, it, it's, it's one of those really tricky things. Um, I, I know that I personally battled with a lot of imposter syndrome when I first became a broker, like who am I to sell this person's website? Like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I, I mean, I, at that point had had seven years of experience doing this myself. So, but it, yeah, still battling with that. Like, am I really an expert at this? Am I really qualified to do this for you? Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, I think honestly, it's just, you just have to try like, if, if you're not happy with what you're doing or you're not satisfied with what you were doing before, which in this case, I wasn't like, I think, uh, you know, you, I, I had lots of aspirations. I had set lots of goals early on and, you know, I'd hit a lot of them, but a lot of them were sort of, especially the monetary ones, which is sort of a little bit low, below expectations. And uh, like we just wanted more. And, and, you know, we built this business um, to basically support both my family, my, myself and my partner, um, it enabled us to move here to, to Sweden. So um, there was definitely something there. So to give it away was tricky. And yeah. there was a lot of hesitation there to begin with. Um, and, uh, but when you look at it, um, after we had a couple of successful clients, the downside was not very, there was very little downside for me to just give it a try and see how it happened, see what happened. I could always go back to buying businesses again. You know, the, yeah. there was always that that option to take a step back and go, oh, okay, this isn't working. Let's just go back to what was, you know? Um, and I'm glad that I did um, because it was, uh, you know, businesses now better than it ever has. I think at the moment we've got like 12 or 13 businesses for sale um, and uh, more in the pipeline, plus have just recently closed like two or three last week. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. Um, I, there's no way I would be here if I didn't take that. I, I didn't just try it. Mm. Um, but you know, it, it's, <laughs> it, it's tough. It is tough and, and you never know for sure. Um, yeah. Well, I think you, you do make a good point though. And, and this comes up a lot in the podcast that you didn't sell all your businesses the next day and say, all right, we're putting all the chips in here. You kind of slow rolled it a little bit. Let's try it out. Let's see if I like it even. Yeah. And then once you got that taste and you saw there was some opportunity, 
you then maybe put a little bit more aggressive play on it. So, which is not a bad way to go. It's kind of, you kind of had a side hustle for the, for the, uh, the business, if you will. And you already had skill set in there, which I, you know, which yep. is helpful. So, but I did the same thing also with uh, my day job before I quit. And I, I actually quit my full, my day job uh, in August, 2015. So seven years ago now. Uh, but before that I was, I, I went from being full-time and I just slowly reduced my hours to the point where I was like, okay, I'm good. We can quit now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, so there was that sort of hedging my bets kind of thing. Like if it didn't work out, I could always go back and, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is the, like from, again, you could pick any of the sites, maybe it's just an average of your, of your history, but like what, if someone bought a site today, a business online, like what is their commitment? Would you say, let's say per week that they would actually have to put into it to grow it or what? Let, let's say they wanted to do the yeah. five-year plan thing. Like what are they looking at timeline wise? Are they invested 20 hours a week or is it like one? Like what's the... Yeah. Okay. Um, very, very dependent on the business model. Some businesses require work to keep it operational. Um, so we'll, we'll exclude those because if you're doing a side hustle, you probably don't want one that takes a huge amount of time commitment uh, just to keep it running. So um, you'd probably be looking at like a content site or something that's pretty passive. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so there is obviously the option of just buying it and just, I mean, I, I have friends who, who buy a business and they literally touch it maybe, I don't know, one hour a month just to sort of make sure things are on track. Mm. Depends on how you want to grow. If you want it to, if you really want to push the growth, um, you know, it's up to you really how much time you want to spend. I think the minimum would probably be maybe five hours a week, um, just doing uh, keyword research and, you know, making sure that the, or just, you know, doing things that you need in order to grow it. Uh, Obviously the more time you put in, the chances are it's going to have, or the more chances it will have to continue to grow. Um, But the other thing of course is, of course, it's not just a time thing. You've got to do the right things. So if you're doing lots of things that don't work, you're putting in lots of time, but in stuff that doesn't work then, yeah. yeah. So that's the other, that's the other hurdle. <laughs> well, and, and I'm wondering, and I'm, I'm thinking again, folks listening in maybe that don't have a lot of experience with website development or website upkeep or anything like that. How much, like, so you do the brokering stuff, how much of the coaching aspect is there to the business? Meaning, Hey, you buy a business, but like, I don't know what the first, I just did it. Cause I want some passive income, but I don't really know how to upkeep. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Do, folk, do you find folks get stuck where like, oh, this is a great idea, but yet they don't really know the first thing about running it? Um, it does happen. Of course it happens. I mean, it, you know, they see stars in their eyes, they take over a business and then they realize, oh, crap, <laughs> what do I do? Um, so that definitely happens. Um, there are options where you can get, um, you can join a fund. Um, I know that there are some website investing funds. It's pretty early stages at the moment, um, but uh, you know, it's basically where it's sort of like a pool of funds and they, the, the investors or the, the people who are more experienced basically take these funds and invest it in businesses, mm-hmm. usually bigger businesses. We're talking like six figures, so $100,000 more and plus. Um, uh, and you can put in like a small portion into that uh, to help fund, you know, the fund um, and um, earn a little bit back from that. You won't get huge returns on that. Um, and it's obviously not always guaranteed to work out, um, but that is an option to sort of, you know, get involved without actually being involved other than you can just sort of 
throw your money at it and see, um, you know, try and get your, an, a, from an investment point of view where you don't have to actually operate the business. Um, I would always recommend that people get educated if they are going to get into it. Um, you can use the experience as education. Um, just understand that, you know, probably if you do it that way, the first business you buy may not be a success and that's okay. Um, you know, like I said, my first business wasn't really a success, but you know, in the end it worked out fine for me. Um, and so, you know, just keep it in mind. There's obviously lots of people that are out there educating in, on this topic, whether it's just how to build a WordPress site, you can get that for free. Just go on YouTube. Right. Um, but, you know, if you want to get more like mentoring and coaching and stuff like that, then you can check out Matt and Lizrad, who are my mentors. And they, they offer lots of different options um, through eBusiness Institute. Um, that uh, .com.au, I think it is. And so, uh, but there are heaps, you know, it yeah. just depends on where you want to go. But I mean, if you're completely uneducated on this, I would, I would recommend at least sort of dipping your toe in and see whether or not educate yourself first and see if it's something that you gravitate towards and then go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you have to at some point like doing it a little bit, you know, you, you, you can't just say like, Oh, I'll just buy this. And then, yeah, if you don't, if you neglect it, it's like anything else, it's not gonna, it's like, you know, neglecting a plant, it's not going to grow. Just well, like simple. I, you know. I will admit that there were a lot of people in the, in the class that I, I was part of that did that. They, they bought it and then they just didn't do anything and they let it fizzle. Mm -hmm. um, it's unfortunate, but it, you know, it's, it's what happens. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, I want to, I want to go back and just one or two more questions because uh, this is really good. Just dive in. I, I love diving into some specific topics sometimes because it is interesting to know that the world is pretty big. We, we kind of get sucked down, you know, the rabbit hole of our lives of like, oh, this is, you know, the world seems so small with the stuff around us, but there's so many opportunities out there. If we just open our eyes, it may not be the best thing for us, but it allows us to maybe explore. I, I want to go back because you talked about the, you know, full-time job and then transitioning. Was there anything, and, and you could take this on a positive side, or maybe it was a, a negative learning, um, but anything that you would share, because I know a lot of folks that do listen to this are in that mo mode of like, hey, I'm transitioning or trying to, anything you'd share with them to say, hey, here's some you know, things to look out for maybe that I didn't consider, or here's some things that worked that you might want to look at anything specific as that you did that transition for a few years. Yeah. Okay. So one thing that was extremely important for me. So I, I met my life partner, um, basically in 2013, like a year or so after I, I started this whole thing, she was the one that basically pointed out, it's like, how much money are you making? And I'm like, why? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't tracking it. I wasn't sure how much money it was making. And she was the one that sort of pushed me to start figuring that out um, and, you know, put together profit and loss and figure out, okay, I'm putting this much money in, how much is coming out? Um, and it wasn't until I did that, that I realized, oh, wow, I'm not making anywhere near as much as I thought I was. Mm. So we need to really start figuring out what's going wrong, what I need to change. So my advice would be to get um, to really, if you are going to take that commitment and really quit your job, you need to make a hundred percent sure that you are actually earning enough to support yourself mm -hmm. because it's very, very easy to pull the wool over your eyes and say, Oh, it's working. It's working. But really realistically it's not. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, just getting to the bottom of your numbers, making sure that if you do quit, 
or if you do, you know, reduce your hours, can you support yourself? What's the worst case scenario? Um, uh, I like I like what Tim Ferriss, um, author of Four Hour uh, uh, Work, work Week. week. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I had right. a mind fart. Um, I nearly said Four Hour Body, but that's the other one. So, uh, yeah, uh, he has this uh, concept of fear setting, where you basically set the fear, like what is the worst thing that could possibly happen? Is it really that bad? And basically have that whole thought experiment um, yeah. uh, before you go ahead and do it. And I mean, for me, the worst case scenario was uh, I just get another job. <laughs> like for the most people, that's basically what it would be. Um, so, you know, um, and in the moment, it would really suck to have to take that step back. And honestly, throughout the process, the thought crossed my mind a few times to having that steady paycheck again. Yeah. This is an entrepreneur. You never know how much you're going to make the next month. Um, so, you know, uh, yeah, so that's what I would say. Well, I think the risk tolerance, that's something too, because at the time you didn't have, uh, you know, any kids, right? So that's a different conversation than if you did have kids, you know, as, as people are thinking about their decision, because some of the other things, and, and, you know, I talk a lot with folks about this is like, and I think you made a great point is getting really specific because what sometimes is, is forgotten is like, well, yeah, you might be making X, but remember that doesn't have the taxes taken out where, you know, like normally your paycheck taxes are taken out. You, it's out of sight, out of mind type thing, you know, healthcare, mm -hmm. these type of the benefits that potentially do come with, you know, working like some corporate job um, is coming off the top of whatever your profit is or whatever your, you know, your after obviously expenses and stuff. So those are things obviously to consider um, as you start really getting finite into the numbers of, Hey, how much do I need per month to live on, you know, as an example. Yeah. And then what's my, you know, it's like anything else. It's like a software business. Like what's my, you know, what's my burn rate? Like how much, if I didn't make anything, how long can I go for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's funny going back to the very start, that's basically what Cashflow taught me. You know, Not that really. game, th yeah. it did. Cause you, you basically start with like this balance sheet and you get given an occupation and you have to fill it in. Like, okay, what are my monthly expenses? What's my income? And then you basically throughout the whole game, you're trying to build your passive income to replace um, your regular income essentially. So um, that whole concept is essentially what I did. <laughs> uh, I actually remember very early on writing or taking one of these balance sheets from the game and, putting my own personal details in it. So it's literally that simple. That's what you should do. If, if you don't know where you, how much money is coming in and how much is coming out for expenses is pretty important to do. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how simple though it is. And we, we often, I do this all the time is like, you forget yeah. to just be like, well, let me get really into the numbers. Let me make sure I'm right here. It's like, oh, I kind of understand, but like until you, yeah. and I think sometimes that's just the this goes back to even what you mentioned before about imposter syndrome and all this other stuff is like, sometimes like if we don't say it out loud, if we don't get specific, we don't have to acknowledge that it exists, you know? And it's kind of like, we're not, we're not serving ourselves well by doing that because eventually it'll probably come back and, and bite us in the behind. But for some reason, like it, maybe it's, it's scary or um, fearful to actually like acknowledge like, Oh crap, maybe I don't have enough to leave a job or maybe I don't have enough to do x y and z and you and have to that's you know, okay yeah that's okay that's totally okay you know it just means you need to you know take a bit more time and and get get your your system place whatever investment model it is whether it's websites or something else like yeah. 
you know, you just, you got to make sure, <laughs> you know, there's the, you know, the, the fantasy of, oh, I'm just going to quit my job and then go 100% in all this. And that does work for some people, but for most people, uh, it would not have worked for me. <laughs> <Yeah. you> that. <laughs> so, well, yeah. I, th I think that's, that was the adage for many years in the early, you know, the, the past decade, the kind of early part of the, the getting into the teens of the, of the 22nd century, right? The, the 2010 to 20, like that was the big thing, like, oh, quit and do this and, you know, create the next Airbnb or something. Like, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, and I, the, the one thing I've learned, and I, I'm curious actually if, if the same with you is, is just prioritization. Like if you if you look at all the different, we were talking about CrossFit, I know before we, we jumped on here, like, you know, like health and wellness is probably similar to you is very important to me. You know, now mm -hmm. obviously, you know, we both have children, like that's important. Like you start yeah. putting, what are the two, three, four top priorities in your life? And you start making decisions that way. What it what it allows you to do is you. I actually find I have a lot more time than I thought of in the past because mm -hmm. of how much I wasted just on stuff that actually I didn't really care about, but I was like time wasters, you know. Yeah. But you start to realize, like, no, when I do these other things, like I have time to do the podcast or write books or do these other things where, you know, you don't have to quit jobs or anything of that nature. And I think that's right. something, you know, again, everyone listening in, I really encourage to look at that priority list and figure out like, okay, what are my top priorities? Are those getting the attention first? And if one of my priorities is, you know, I really want to build my own business or build or whatever it is, I want to write a book or whatever. Well, where does that rank on the priority list? Is that above, yeah. is that above, you know, watching Netflix or is that above, <laughs> you know, whatever? um you know playing what's the big thing now wordle i hear was it's not the new the oh no the big thing now like in america yeah. at least we have like it's <laughs> you know like i've never played that but i you mm. see people posting and i'm like all right you know again if it if it but by the way no no offense to people if they want because there's things i do that you know hey maybe that stokes the mind and, and makes you yeah. kind of think and, and grow there's nothing wrong with that but again what's your priority list where does it yeah. lie and that yeah. could make a lot of decisions easier you know Absolutely. 100% agree with all that you just said. Uh, it is extremely important, but it's it's easier to say that, but then another thing to actually do it in my experience. So for me, uh, my vice has always been video games. Um, and I've, I've always been, it's always been the thing. Like I, I do my work in order to get the reward, which is usually, or at least it used to be video games before yeah. I had my little one. Yeah. Um, now there's basically no very little time for that. So, you know, it's, it's always the first thing that goes um in my schedule but um you know uh, there's always that desire so the desire to do something like sitting in front of the couch and watching netflix is pretty high you know it's so much easier than doing something like going to crossfit you know going to crossfit is hard so um being able to overcome that to to go okay so for me personally the way that i've learned to do it is i get all of the tough stuff done in the morning so I get it. I get like if if um, you know I have a nine month old and if he's if he's asleep in the morning or has a nap in the morning, that's usually when I have my focus time. That's my work time, or or before he wakes up in the morning. That's usually when I have to do as much work as I can, because I know that in the afternoon there's there's less time. It's going to be harder. Um, and if I have a bit of spare time, then you get to do the leisure stuff that that's less of a priority um, uh, as a reward. You know, because let's face it, 
sitting down in front of the TV and watching Netflix is fun sometimes. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, th- and that's the thing. I think being able to, again, prioritize and say, hey, I, to your point, I like that. It's like, hey, I've done the things I want to do. Now I'm going to give myself that reward because it's, I think that's more important than just cold turkey stopping, right? Yeah, of just like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do it because then you generally binge really hard or, you know, you, you do something. So instead of just like the, the whole moderation thing, I mean, that could be argued, I guess, but it's like, all right, I'm going to give myself a little bit of time to do this because I've mm. accomplished. And, and it, you know, come down to at least some of the things that, that I've learned in the last few years has been just around the delayed gratification. Like, it's hard to see, like, you know, this podcast or whatever, what are like four and a half years now going on to this? It's hard to see that in the first few episodes, but it's like, no, if I don't spend time on it, I'm not going to be able to get to those later episodes and those things, you know? So it's just like being able to understand, like, what's the greater purpose here? What are the things you want to accomplish? You have to invest the time in those now going, I mean, this goes back to the cash flow thing, rich dad port, like you have to invest today to be able to get the the compound rewards down the road, right? You don't have to invest. You don't have to at all, but you're going to be way behind the eight ball, you know, in five, 10, 20 years because you didn't yeah. act today. Exactly. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, the way the compounding interest works is the sooner you start, the better it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, and that's the same way compounding knowledge or education, right? <laughs> if you didn't buy that first website or the first few, you wouldn't have learned obviously there's a monetary value to that, to selling those back or making the, the, the income, but it's also all the education to be able to become a broker. Now, if you didn't have that knowledge, you wouldn't be able to. So exactly. Which is why debatably, even though that first investments that, that I made didn't end up financially profitable yeah. uh, in the long run, it definitely helped me towards getting to where I am today. So without yeah. that stepping stone, I wouldn't be here. So, yeah. you know, it's important. Every, every failure is like a stepping stone towards you know, where you're heading. Um, yeah. The key is, I think, also just making sure that you don't just drop the ball and go, oh, no, it doesn't work. Because yeah. it does work. You just need to figure it out. Yeah, that's a <laughs> great point. Yeah. So this has been a lot of fun, man. Where uh, where can everyone say hello to you online? Where do, where's your watering hole socially you spend time on? If you do, um, yeah. where can they check you out? Yeah, okay. So the only social media platform that I use is LinkedIn. Um, uh, all the other ones are a distraction and don't really serve me at all. So uh, just Joe Burrell at LinkedIn is probably the easiest uh, way to directly get in contact with me. If you do have a website and you're interested in selling, I, I do have a website called justwebsitebrokerage.com. Uh, you can check that out. I can give you a free valuation for your business. Um, or if you're interested in buying, there's also a, a uh, a place where you can subs- uh, subscribe to be notified whenever something that suits your criteria comes along. Um, so yeah, all that's on my website, justwebsitebrokerage.com. Awesome. Joe, this is a lot of fun, man. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, having this dialogue. This is a good, good, deep conversation. Yeah, my pleasure, man. It was fun. Hey, everyone. And just one more quick thing before you head off on your day. If you're enjoying this podcast and are looking for other resources and tools to help you get started and move forward toward a happier and more fulfilling life, then I'd encourage you to head over to my website, brianandraco.com, and hit the subscribe button in the upper right corner. There you can find my newsletter and blog subscriptions, where I share insights and information around getting unstuck, perspective, mindset, relationships, habits, and much more. If you get a chance to sign up, I hope you enjoy. Thanks again for listening in and have a phenomenal day.